in episode two, we heard a lot about the word intuition. And we're going to hear it in today's podcast. And you're going to hear it in future podcasts because it's so important to trust your gut. You don't have to be able to define something that makes you uncomfortable. Intuition is a feeling. Welcome, everybody. I am your host, Barb Jordan. Today in episode three, we are going to hear from a friend of my sister, Beverly, and she is somebody who Bev trusted, somebody that she confided in. And we will learn about some shocking news that she learned about Rich and what she did with that information. So when we talk about Rich, I want you to understand that on the outside, he always wanted to look wonderful. Like he was working on his third master's degree. Wow, that's impressive. Yes, that's something that he wanted us to know. Something he didn't want us to know was that he had two different names and two different social security numbers. So as the interviews continue, as I speak to different people on on upcoming episodes, we're going to hear information. We're going to hear information from my sister, Karen. We're going to hear information from the detective. He's actually on two separate interviews. He has so much to say about this guy and what he did to my sister. In the last episode, we touched on intuition, and I think it's so important that specifically as women, that you know that intuition is a very special gift, and it's something that I believe that can save your life. And so many times in life, I think people dismiss it. I think somebody has the confidence to say, that guy over there creeps me out. And somebody says something like, Oh, I know that guy. He's funny. You should always trust your first thought. I totally believe your first thought most of the time is your right thought. It is the right thought because that is the hair on your neck going up. That is blink. You've seen this before, but you can't quite put your finger on it. It is your stomach turning. And that's where the saying comes from, trust your gut. So I had a moment. I had a moment back in Easter 1988 with the Jordan family all dressed up every year we got our Easter dresses this year was no different this year was no different we showed up at the restaurant everybody was dressed up it was the seven of us and rich everybody proceeded through the parking lot I was towards the back except there was one person behind me and that was rich and he came up from behind me he put his two hands on my hips and he leaned into my ear and he said you look good today barb i snapped my head back at him like what are you doing and as quickly as he was in with his two hands on my hip just as quickly he was away so nobody could see it i never thought anything about it i never thought anything about it but i'm going to tell you i remember two things about easter 1988 one was my outfit And two was him putting his hands on me. And you have to think back when all these warning signs came out, this guy had the audacity to hit on me as the younger sister of his fiance. We're going to get into uncover a little bit more about this. 
and we are going to speak to somebody who I enjoy speaking to. You are, you were a terrific friend to my sister Beverly, somebody that she confided in. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, you're so welcome, Barb. Thank you. Now, listen, when you think about my sister, Bev, of course, I think she was pretty wonderful. But what is it that you miss about Bev? Oh, I miss talking to her. Um, I miss her laugh. We used to hang out and work out together and go out afterwards. And we always had such a great time. And I could always pick up the phone and call her. So I miss those talks. Yeah. How about that smile? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, uh, you guys became friends. She had finished college. You were still, you were just finishing up college. And you guys actually did aerobics together. Yeah. That was so funny. We used to just have so much fun during class. It was a lot of, you know, whooping it up. One night when you guys went out after aerobics or one time when you guys were out to eat, she told you about... This guy she met named Rich. What do you remember about that? I just remember her being so excited. I don't think she told me much about him, but it was the relationship she was excited about. And And she was just full of so much joy when she talked about it. Yeah, that initial, I met somebody and that excited feeling, I suppose. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And did you, when did, when did, did she, would she say you have to meet him? Did you say you wanted to meet him? How did you ever, how did that ever transpire? Well, I know we went out to dinner with my fiance at the time. Um, and we had just gotten married and I got pregnant pretty quick. So we did all meet for dinner. And I, I think I, I remember she wanted me to meet him. I wanted to meet him. So we, we planned that uh, little double date to get together and, and introduce everybody. Okay. And do you remember your, just your initial reaction meeting him? Do you remember much about that first time you met him? I remember the time I remember this may or may not have been the very first time, but I can just see the scene inside the restaurant in the lobby. And I was newly pregnant and I just remember him picking me up and squeezing me and twirling me around in a circle and being kind of thrown off by that. How did that make you feel? Well, part of it was I was super sick being pregnant. So I I had really bad morning sickness, but I just, I felt uncomfortable. It was in front of my husband. Beverly wasn't too keen about it. I don't remember them having you know, I don't remember hand-holding or I, I, and I remember being uncomfortable after he did that. And did your husband ever say anything about it? We talked about it that night and I told my husband, I, I just said to him, I said, you know, I just, there's something about this guy I don't like and I can't put my finger on it. Mm. That's that women's intuition. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to the twirl. So for some reason he comes over to you and he gives you a hug. Did he, did he squeeze you tight? Did he, I mean, what was the, what was the hug? It was a pick you up off the ground. My feet were a foot away from the ground. He was much taller than me. And just that squeeze where if you've been pregnant and anybody puts any pressure on your stomach and you just feel like puking, that was exactly the way I felt. 
So it was a fast, high above the ground squeezing. It felt out of control. So they, they began dating, and obviously we know very quickly they were engaged. And when she told you that they were engaged, do you remember any thoughts that you may have had? I just remember being so happy for her. And it was, I was newly married, pregnant. It was all about her being married her having babies and we were going to have babies together and raise our kids together. And I just remember this incredible excitement and I got caught up in that with her. Mm. And as, as time progressed, do you remember her talking about her wedding plans? So interesting. No, no. I mean, there was, there was talk about furniture for the, place that they had, but there wasn't anything specific about her wedding plans. I I was, she came to my bridal shower and she was quite the fixture at my wedding. Um, you know, she was so excited. Um, anyway, no, you know what? I don't even know if there was a date picked. Uh, when you saw them together, and I know after your episode with Rich, you weren't around him much after that. Is that correct? Correct. I don't, honestly, I don't remember ever seeing him again with her. We would continue our workouts and, and dinners and stuff. But, you know, a lot of it was leading up to my son was due at the end of the year. So it was, she came to the shower, we planned the shower. So there was a lot of excitement around what we were doing. Let's fast forward to November. Let's fast forward to the month that she was killed. And you said that one day you were at work and you received a phone call. Yeah. I, the phone rang in the office and it was a coworker of mine, Vicki or God, I can't remember her name. Anyway, she, her first question to me was, do I have a friend named Beverly? And I said, yes. And she said, is Beverly a nice girl? And I said, yes. And then she said, I need to talk to you about Rich that she's dating. I need to talk to you about this because if she's a nice girl, there's things she needs to know. Did at, at that time, did she also ask you if my parents owned an insurance company? That was one of, that was one of the first questions after, do I have a friend named Beverly? Um, was she a nice girl? Did her parents, yeah. Do, do her parents own an insurance company? Yeah. And then it was just, there were things she had to tell me. It was busy with customers and I told her I got her number. And I told her I'd call back after we closed. And I called her back that night. And she said, there are things about Rich that your friend Beverly needs to know. And she proceeded to tell me. I got a piece of paper and I started writing things down. And it was, he was a mercenary. He, Rich wasn't really his name, that he had been married before. I think this girl asked me if Barb or if uh, Beverly was a, a, a good Catholic. 
this must have come up in the conversation because she said he's been married before he has mm. children and I made a list and as she was telling you these things obviously which you I'm I'm, I'm gonna ask you did you know any of those things oh dear goodness no no so I mean, when she like, yeah when she was telling you these things I mean, what were some of your reactions besides writing it down? Was your heart beating? Were you like, oh my gosh? Oh, I was, I was nine months pregnant with my son. I was just, I was absolutely sick to my stomach. It's like, I have to let Beverly know and she has to know and she has to, you know, she has to get away from him. Okay. So what did you yep. do? What did you, so do you know why, I mean, do you know why that woman after all these years, why she picked up the phone to call you? Like what, what right. made her do that? It's so mystifying. It, and I think about that. I think about that. And I, it, it was like, she knew him. She knew of him. She knew of his, his ill will with, you know, maybe he had done something to her and mm. she found out and she wanted to make sure somebody else knew that he had moved on to. It was that sort of feeling. Um, it didn't feel, it didn't feel, it was very matter of fact. So it didn't feel angry. It didn't feel like she was scared or anything. It was just a very matter of fact phone call for her. Okay. And yeah. I, I made the list. And when I hung up with her, I immediately picked up the phone and called Beverly. And I said, babe, there are some things you need to know about Rich. And she said, oh, Maggie, let me get a piece of paper. It was very just nonchalant. And she said, go ahead. And I read to her the list, and she wrote down the list. And that is the last time I spoke to her. How close do you remember, how close was that to the time she was killed? Do you remember? I mean, I'm thinking, I know this was right before Thanksgiving, so I'm assuming it was Monday, Tuesday of that week before Thanksgiving because I didn't hear from her all weekend. And I called the office on Monday looking for her. And I spoke to Karen, and she told me she'd been murdered. So okay. I hadn't heard from her all weekend, which was very odd because normally she would have called me. Okay. So in your time... In your time with Bev and Rich, and it was really just a couple couple times, did you ever see them be affectionate? Did you ever think like, oh, they're so in love? Do you remember having that thought? Nope. Nope. You know what? I didn't see hand-holding, smooching. I didn't see any of that. I know uh, he, I think he, I remember her talking about getting flowers. I think he would send her flowers a lot, and that always, you know, that always brightened her up. Yeah, flowers. We're going to get into flowers. That was his signature move. That was his signature oh, move. Yes. Okay. Okay, so so you told Bev she wrote everything down. You hung up and you just kind of said, I mean, how'd you, how did you, do you remember how you left that phone call? You know what? I don't remember, but I'm, I'm, I'm having to imagine. I said, you know, let me know if you need anything. Right, right. Yeah. Did you ever think that she was in danger? No. I it, honestly she didn't she was so matter of fact about 
the information. It wasn't, she just seemed so confident. And so just like she was in charge of her stuff kind of thing. It was, it was very interesting, but there wasn't, you know, you know, I'm so scared or something like that because I would have told her to come over to my place and I would have protected her there. Sure. Sure. And so in all the time that you guys did aerobics and all the time that you went to dinner or to eat after you guys worked out, she never expressed any concerns about rich. Not to me. No. Um, well now that he's released, I mean, he was released in July of 2018. Do you, Mm -hmm. do you, how did that make you feel knowing that he was released? Oh, it, it scares the crap out of me. The, the list that I gave her was found in her hand in the car after she had been shot. And I've always thought in my head, he knows, you know, how, does he know that I gave him, gave her the list of things to ask him about? You know, did she ask him at, the, at their apartment and then he took her up and I, I just, the thought of the sequence of, happenings I don't really understand. How did he get her up there into the, into the, wherever she was found in the car in Chatsworth? How did he get her up there? Well, that's who he was. He, that's who he was. He was a master manipulator. He could get you uh, to do just about anything with his, with his ways. So, you know, I, I always say it was, it was, you know, he fooled, he fooled her. He fooled me. He, yeah. I believe he fooled our family and her friends. And, uh, and I believe that it all began unraveling and she was smart and she was strong. And I think she confronted him because they lived together and I think he tricked her one more time. I think he pulled one more thing out of his bag of tricks and got her to go to it to an isolated road. And we all know that area, Santa yeah. Susana Pass is as isolated as they come. Yeah. So, mm. well, and uh, thank you for sharing that. I know that that's difficult. And, mm. and in, in, re, in, I know it's hard to remember Bev because we always think about the tragic way that she died, but how did her death change your life? For years, when I lived in California, I was looking over my shoulder. Um, I had heard through an unreliable source, now that I know, that he was actually released when, which would have been, I'm trying to think, it would have been about 2002 or four or something like that. Um, And I was told he was going to find me by this particular person, which, you know, caused me to kind of look over my shoulder a lot. Loud noises. I mean, I hear a firecracker or a hilti on a job site and just sends me right over the moon. I cannot, I hear gunshots and it just, it sends me right back to what he did to her. Mm. So, yeah. I, I, you, this is a difficult question. And, and, you know, if you, if you want to pass on it, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, but I know for me personally, you know, that was the first time. That night when I found out that she was killed, that was the first time that I really knew what fear was. 
You know, that was I, the first, first yeah. time in my life that I felt scared. And, you know, that feeling has, has never escaped me. So it's something that, yeah. you know, just as deep down, I say it, I could feel my stomach turn. So did you ever feel like from that tragedy, what emotions do you think have stayed with you from, from her being killed that way? Oh, God. Uh, distrust, um, fear, um, just that's the only person in my life that's ever been murdered. And it's still hard to talk about. I, I still have a problem talking about her. Um, she was just so beautiful and so happy. Um, with her red nail polish. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Um, it, you know what? Distrust of people, um, being wary, being wary of men, um, seeing, and it was interesting seeing the, in my husband, seeing a lot of the traits that were in rich, I mean, not in a, in a violent kind of way, but in a predatorial kind of way when it comes to taking advantage of a woman, um, so anyway, it really opened your eyes. Yes, it, it does. And it's, it's, it's life-changing. And I think it's, it's life-changing for, for so many people. And, yeah. and the more people I speak to, the more I think the more we uncover and the more we understand, you know, how much deception there was. And, and it's, it's hard because I think, you know, we're so into, oh, my gosh, you know, this is what happened to us. But after speaking to, you know, so many of her friends, um, I had this breakthrough the other day, which was I was walking and, you know, I always like, try to say hi to her, but it's so hard. You know, I always, my voice always cracks and I feel the pain. But the other day I was walking and I said, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. I'm so sorry that that, that happened to you, like, it must have been terrible to live with that and to uncover that. And I know she confided in, in some people towards the end, but I, I'm so sorry that, you know, we didn't get her the help that she needed in time, you know, that we right. found out that we found out too late. Right. So. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, knowing, knowing what I know now, I mean, that it, it, the me of today would go pick that person up and bring them back to my place. And you know what? We're going to confront him in a crowd. We're going to go to a public place. We're going to, you're not doing that by yourself. Yeah. We're going to empower ourselves with resources. And, yeah, you know, and I just think that's, you know, we're always trying to, to teach people how to stay safe. And I think that's such a key thing. Like, I know you, you want to, you know, sometimes have to confront somebody. And I, I know my sister, you know, of course she confronted him and never in a million years, you know, so they say, did anyone think that she was in danger? But I'll tell you that after she was killed and if there was, you know, a lot of grief and a lot of tears, there's one thing that there were seven of us in our family. There's one phrase that all six people in our family never said and that phrase is this, I can't believe that Rich killed Beverly. 
not of course the murder was shocking but no one ever said they couldn't believe rich did it which means to me interesting there must have been warning signs and hindsight there was plenty of them wow yeah wow so on that note is there anything you want to share i mean you've been fantastic is there anything you want to share in regards to this topic or about safety for women or, or men for that matter that you'd like to share before we wrap this up. You know what this is, you hear that voice in the back of your head. Don't do something. Don't do it. <laughs> Cause I had that thought before I married my kid's dad and I, I, I knew I'd made a huge mistake the night I married him. And honestly, the best time I had at my wedding was with Beverly. She was there. She was the one that was up all night the night before because she was so stinking excited. She was in love with the idea of being in love. And so it's listening to that voice. And I have had to learn to listen to that. And this experience has, it's made me more aware, sadly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, uh, I appreciate you, you know, taking us back in time and sharing a very important fact about the warning sign that you, that you received and how you passed it along to my sister. And I hope you continue to join us on our future shows of Always Bev, The Ripple Effect. I'll be in touch with you. But for thank today, you, yep, thank you so much for your time and for joining us. Uh, thank you. Looking forward to our next episode, we will visit with Karen, who is the identical twin sister of Beverly, and what it was like the moment she heard the news. It's going to be tough, but it's going to be a good one, because Karen will talk about the first time she ever met Rich and what her intuition was. Thanks for joining me.